Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Greg Yatman, Director of Growth Marketing at Salona. Greg, it's great to have you on the show. Greg, it's great to have you on the show. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm hoping that I can bring some content that's seen as value add as opposed to just taking up some of your time. But thanks for having me just the same. I have no doubt that you will. So first, tell us a little bit about you, about your background and and about Salona. Yeah. So my background in relation to marketing is really, you know, past 15, 16, and then change when you have all the different uh, roles I played before that in my career is tech marketing. I mean, tech marketing, mm-hmm. especially with the last 15 years has been my focus, uh, you know, anywhere from events to, to campaign development, to digital marketing, channel marketing. You know, I've touched a little bit of everything from field all the way up to the corporate office. So really being a generalist all across the board. I also spent about nine years in Australia with a company called Aruba. With that, During that time, I was able to travel throughout Asia, enable and execute campaigns across the Asia Pacific region, and also become a citizen, you know, just like James Bond. I got multiple passports now. So that was kind of oh, cool. nice. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, the way uh, I got to Salona was uh, I had a coworker, a, a gentleman named Ozer Dondermashiolu, who is the VP of marketing at Salona. Him and I always got along very well. And the guy is so good. He's an engineer in marketer's clothing. And one day at the, what's called the Loma Brewery in Los Gatos, he said, hey, let's just meet up for a beer. And I should have known. But we meet up. We have a discussion. We're just talking about just how are things going? How was Australia? And then he hits me with, I got to have you over here at this company, this startup we're doing. And and I said, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I'm an enterprise mm-hmm. guy. I'm an enterprise marketer. Uh, I need big budgets, big company, you know, he says, yeah. no, you don't, no, you don't. And you need to come over here. And you know what? He was right. He was right. And for the past mm-hmm. two plus years, I get what's coming on two years now, just in a few weeks. It's been the wildest and most fun ride of my life, at least in the last decade uh, to, to see this grow and to really test my marketing chops. And I really push the boundaries of what you can do with a small team and a small budget mm-hmm. trying to get to a bigger team and a bigger budget. Very cool. That is really cool. So now, do you also have a license to kill people like James Bond? You know, I can't confirm or deny, but at this point, right. you know, I think I'm, I, you're Good pretty answer. safe with me. Okay. At least, <laughs> at least through the screen. I mean, if that's we, right. If we yeah. were doing this in person, I might be a, a little worried. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I try to kill it with content. That's, that's my goal. I kill it with content. So I got a license for that. There you go. Killer content. Okay. That's right. So now what we're going to talk about today is something that is near and dear to my heart, namely podcasting, because you guys have a podcast. It's called Wavelength. So first tell us just what's it about and say a few words about how you use the podcast as a marketing channel. So uh, Wavelength for us, and and really as uh, similar to you, I have an affinity for for content. I think podcasts in particular, and also video content, which we can talk about. I find that especially in the in the evolving world of marketing, it is a vital tool. And for us, we use it because with a startup, especially the startup of our nature, which is private five G or five G LAN, we're the industry first in this area, which mm. is wireless networking, but leveraging four G LTE and five G. You know, we need to educate as much as we need to engage. So you're you're selling and you're educating at the same time, which is very difficult. And the mm-hmm. way to do that, one of the ways to do that is to leverage tools like podcasts. So for us, we are taking the best of content, 
which oftentimes is our video content, transforming that into the audio only realm and using that as our podcast. And really, you, you reminded me today that I need to update more of that stuff because we have a mm. lot of content that's still being developed or stuff that just came out over the holidays that I need to get up there. But it's it's an evolving platform for us. It's our, our Salona buffet, as it were, for folks that are maybe time mm. sensitive or time pressed. It gives them an opportunity to get educated, to get engaged, and better understand what this industry-first technology is all about and why they should care or why their organization needs to have it now or in the near future. Okay. Definitely a smart move to repurpose the video content is podcast content. Are, are you just repurposing it, like taking, stripping the audio out of the video and then publishing that as a podcast? Yeah, I mean, for the because of the nature of the team, right? You know, I mentioned before, it's a small team trying to do big stuff. You have to be very uh, efficient with your your movement, your planning, your execution. Yeah, yeah. Um, to date, it's really been more about the video content being stripped away and using that audio content because most of the content that we've created in that way. There are some exceptions, which if you went to our YouTube page, you'd see there's various uh, streams or various programs that I've created underneath that banner. Some of them don't lend themselves. You know, Slideware, for example, not great for podcast right. or for audio, yeah. right? But there's a lot of content in there that is just verbal. Of course, you see the talking mm -hmm. heads, myself uh, being one of those talking heads, but it transfers very well over. And the descriptions and the general, especially there's a slice of Salona, which is one of our programs, lends itself very well to that sort of format. And also office hours with Mehmet. Uh, Mehmet Yavu is our CTO. These are discussions and they translate very well to that audio format. So we find that you know, that has worked for us. Now, will it be forever that way as the team grows, uh, as the content needs evolve? And also, you know, we've, you know, looked at partners, customers, and other industry luminaries that we'd like to have. And maybe the podcast is the only way they'd like to do it. Some people aren't comfortable mm -hmm. with the camera. I mean, some people just want to do it audio or they just don't have the availability. They just want to call right in like a, like an old radio program, you know, and yeah. uh, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm good with that. And that's, uh, that's in the future plan. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you start with video and then turn it into a podcast, how much, if any sort of reproduction is necessary? Can you just scrape the audio out and it's ready to go? Or do you have to do additional yep. editing or processing? Like how much of that is involved? So in the beginning, when we were starting, we had to do a little bit more editing in that process because there were stop starts. There were yeah. things that we were referring to that just, just had to be removed. It just wasn't conducive. As we started developing our flow, and especially those who are in the organization got a better feel for how this worked and what we were doing with the content, it became much smoother and it became almost a one-for-one -one scrape and drop. You know, we've been lucky that way. It won't always be that way. But for now, it's uh, as we evolved and got better at it, uh, I think it's been a pretty good transition. It's been a, an easier transition than probably it would be if I didn't have folks that were uh, now seasoned enough to have those conversations, mm -hmm. make it at a pace, at a cadence, and very clear and focused. You know, that's the thing with podcasts, right? You have to have, uh, well, you should have some sort of clear agenda and talking yeah. points, especially when you're educating with technical content. It has to be set at a tone and a cadence and a pace or a, a an area where you can drop these little nuggets that people can walk away with. And we know that going in. That we can yeah. use it in that way. Yeah, that that's a good point. And that's really smart. I think, you know, I tell people a lot, the more planning you do ahead of time, the easier it is on the back end. Yes. Right. And just the better the interview is going to go or the discussion, yeah. as opposed to just, well, let's just see what happens, you yeah. know, or... Yeah. We'll Absolutely. just talk for like an hour or two and then pare it down to 20 minutes. Like that's a lot of work on the back end. And you end up it usually is. with a discussion that's just all over the place. 
It is. And, you know, you can do it. You can wing it. And we've done it. Trust me, we've mm-hmm. done it. And sometimes it has been magical. And sometimes yeah. it has been a nightmare. And especially when you have, and uh, I can give an example of Ozer, who I referred uh, earlier, uh, good friend, my boss. The guy is a certain person we could sit down and have a conversation. You press record and that conversation is really tight. And he yeah. knows when he's on, he's on. But you flip that to another one of our programs where it's much more engineering focused. Well, these guys, they want to talk about everything. They love everything. They want to get into the nuts and bolts. And, you know, you're halfway in, you know, or half an hour into a program and you haven't even scratched the surface because they've got every – and you can't slow it down. <laughs> right. They've got so many different angles and acronyms. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, this this is a nightmare. And I've had that experience too. I said, listen, yeah. I just shut it down. So, guys, we actually need to plan this better because, you know, we, we got so far off course that for you guys it's so interesting. But I'm trying to get 10 minutes out of this thing and you've got half an hour. We haven't even talk, covered my two topic points. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you raise a good point. I think it, it really depends who you're talking to, probably yes. more than what you're talking about. Like if you're talking with someone that you know really well, like a good friend or someone you've yep. had these discussions with a lot, then it's a lot easier to, you may, may just need a few minutes of like, what are we talking about? Oh, okay, yep. this cool. Let's go. Yep. And then if it's, you know, but if you're talking with someone you don't know, like mm-hmm. someone you've never had a discussion with before, then it probably makes sense to do at least somewhat, some more preparation. Because, you know, yeah. then, then you're just leaving so much up to chance, at least in my experience. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that proper planning, poor performance thing. Yeah. You yeah, definitely right. want to put in the, you want to put in that, that planning. You want to put that yeah. in. It's just a best practice. Uh, I know everyone's busy, but if you're going to do this thing, plan it. <laughs> plan it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to take like weeks and months of planning. Maybe no. just like 30 just minutes. Framework. Yeah, have a framework, just a little discussion about, okay, what are we going to talk about? What are like the three main things we're going to hit? It's all you need. Yeah, to, absolutely. To, you know, absolutely. And then a yeah, host I, who's good at keeping things on track. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if you if you do it right, and I know you know this, but uh, if you do it right, if you create this content that is compelling, that it's tight, it's very well planned, but also delivered in in this engaging way, you know, you have this arrow in your quiver that you couldn't find with any sort of tool. It just yeah. becomes an education piece. It becomes a recruitment piece. It becomes an awareness piece. It's something that if you if you do it right, it's one of the most powerful tools you have to use in in marketing and sales and even in HR and recruiting. So, you know, it's 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 a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, no doubt. So now, you know, I think it's pretty easy to start a podcast or a video series and, and there's a lot of excitement around it and you record like one or two and hooray. And then reality sets in and you're like, oh man, we have to keep doing this, you know, yep. week after week, month after month, whatever. And it just can be a lot harder to keep it going, which is why there are so many podcasts out there. If you look mm-hmm. that stopped producing after a while, you know, they're sort of d- died on the vine. So how do you guys handle that? What's your production process like and your planning so that you can keep doing it at a high level? Yeah, you know, I, I I would tell you the low barrier of entry to podcasting, to creating a blog, to creating a social media account, these are all on the same level to me. Yeah. It's a pet peeve of mine. Because it is so easy, you tend to want to jump in head first without a plan. And I said we, as in the royal we as an industry, it gets right. easy to do. You get in there, you're excited, you have that excitement for a month, a quarter, maybe even a year if you're lucky. Uh, but if yeah. you don't have a cohesive plan, uh, you're in big trouble. And for us, we kind of knew that. I had discussed with Ozer about 
how we could best, in the, in the case of podcasting, but it, it carried over into social media, it carried over into uh, video production. But for the, the, the purpose of the, this podcast discussion, it was really about making sure that we defined who that A-team was. Who are the mm. go-tos? You know, is, is it just Ozer myself? Was it Ozer myself, the engineering team? Or was there going to be a partner element to it or leadership? And at the end of the day, we had a handful of folks that had skin in the game. They didn't necessarily have to write content. They didn't necessarily have to always participate on the podcast itself, but giving us ideas, concepts, keeping their ears out for what the market was asking for, whether it was an education piece, whether it was a, a current event or partners asking for this type of enablement piece. It's a defining first you know, who is our A-team? And these people can keep that engine going, you know, piling coal into the engine. They're the ones that are helping mm -hmm. me shovel. In addition to that, you know, having a calendar, even a framework calendar of events, activities, campaigns, some of the themes that we're looking at, that helped us because we knew that we had to have at least a piece. So let's say it's a podcast a week or a podcast a month, whatever your cadence is, we knew that we had a theme around it. We knew we had a timeline and a deliverable. That helped us stay uh, on course. And then also, you know, keeping an ear out for the receive, I guess, the, the reception mm -hmm. of our podcast material. You know, how are people receiving this? Now, is it positive? Is it negative? Is it just another voice? And if so, what can we do to change it? And not having, you know, too much defensiveness when someone says, listen, your content's not that great, or it's kind of boring, yeah. or you're just not hitting the right mark. Keep it an open mind and an open ear to that, you know, with that A-team and also with the wider marketplace. That's been our process thus far. And of course, it's not perfect. We keep changing, we keep yeah. modifying. And then, you know, at the end of the day, and I think this goes back full circle, my greatest fear is that we take the eye off the ball with this and it dies. And it dies and everyone, not only do we know it, but the market knows it. Even worse is that we don't know it and the market realizes it. And you get the question on social media, whatever happened to that podcast you used to do, right? right? So we got to keep that alive. We got to keep it moving. It's an engine. Like I said, you got to sh keep shoveling that coal in or, you know, I guess plugging the battery in if we're going for the renewables, right? So <laughs> either way, we got to, uh, we got to keep it going. Yeah, I, I love that old old school reference. I, I picture the guys like on the old locomotives. That's exactly right. Know, shoveling the coal in. We're steaming know. down the tracks. We got to keep going. That's right. And and you're totally right. Like it's such a bad look if you yeah. have a podcast or any kind of content and people are like, oh, cool. And they go to it. And the last one was published like a year ago. Yeah. It's just it even all if, the time. Right. And even if the content that's there is good it automatically kind of invalidates. It's like, oh, they gave up on this. I'm not Absolutely like, right. you, you. it's probably better just to take it down as though yeah, it never existed at all, right? Absolutely right. You know, you're caught with that catch-22 is that you put, you've invested this time into this thought leadership. You think it's good. It is good maybe, but it's it's just lost its recency. And then you've lost your credibility in a lot of ways because people want to know, especially when they're investigating. For us, everything is new. You know, we're the industry first. So how can we make sure we have the newest, freshest content if we wait six months and you don't hear from us, there's no news, there's no nothing coming out. You go yeah. assume that something's happened. Like, oh my gosh, well, maybe they found out it wasn't going to work. Maybe something's happened in yeah. the company or maybe they've just lost focus on this marketplace. And we can't do that. You know, and I don't think other organizations have that, that luxury either. Yeah. Like you just, you don't want to send the message or like make part of your brand that like, oh, we start things, but don't finish them. Or like we give right. up on things. It's just, no, that's always a bad look. And and also, I think once you start to publish stuff and, you know, every company or so many companies, these are, have become publishers, right? Yeah. Or media companies, even if they're, you know, like it or not. And it like, you could, can you imagine like a, I don't know, like a website 
if just th- that was like a media website, like an online magazine, it was just like stop publishing stuff for yep. like months. You'd be like, okay, well, I guess they're dead. Like they're out of business. Right. You just, like you wouldn't just wait and be like, well, they'll pick it up at some point. That's right. You can't do that. Like that's not how that works. No. And, you know, perception is reality, right? And setting yeah. that perception with your perspective audience, your perspective, you know, customers, alliance partners, it's very important to keep that perception as positive as possible. So you don't want to be that, that kind of dead end. You don't want to have the blog that just hasn't been touched in a year. You don't want yeah. to have the podcast that has no recent episodes, nothing new to say. You know, you just, it's just, if you're going to do it, be all in and make it part of your plan. Yeah. And I mean, that is kind of the double-edged sword of content marketing. It's really powerful if you do it the right way. But once you start, if you're going to get value, you're in this for the long haul. And that yeah. might mean like forever, literally, That's until true. you decide, okay, our blog is now done and we're going to do something yeah. else. But you only get value if you do it over literally years, right? Absolutely. You know, and again, it goes back to uh, those other platforms I had mentioned as well. You know, social media, for example, or video production. When does social media end? I don't know. When does Twitter shut down? You know, when does LinkedIn stop working? Well, it doesn't. They keep going. And for that, we need to keep supplying content on the platforms because we've committed to it. Same thing with a podcast or a blog, even your website. You don't update your website for a year. See what happens. Um, I'm not going to try that, right? You can do the experiment, but not me. I'm not going to do it. Right. Well, it might as well not exist then, right? As far as Google is concerned. You're faded away. Yeah. Yeah. So now Salona leaders also appear as guests on other podcasts. And so first, how do you decide which shows that folks should appear on? And, And what's like, and what's the value of doing that in the first place? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, in, in the mode we're in, we're a hyper growth startup. In the last two years, we've grown from, you know, our four, two and a half years, I guess, almost three, you know, four star, four founders to just under a hundred people, right? So, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, continue to grow very fast. So the reason why I tell you this is that there was a time, especially in the last year where there wasn't a microphone, a stage or a program we wouldn't seriously consider. Because we needed to get our message out and any platform, well, within reason that we felt was going to reach our market, we would take an opportunity to to look at very seriously, if not participate. Now, as we're getting to the phase where we're starting to grow larger, kind of growing up, as I've told other folks at other Mm -hmm. times, is that I felt the last year to year and a half were the toddler phase, you know, just kind of learning to walk. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, how the world works in this new space. And now we transition into a teenage phase where it's an awkward phase, but you start defining who you are as a company. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we fit in this world? What are, you know, what is my motivation? Right? All these things that you're trying to figure out as a teenager. It is awkward, but it's a, it's a fun period. You know, you start learning new yeah. things and trying new things. So for us, now that we're in this phase, we start looking at podcasts, personalities, groups that are, are a part of that, either a user group or a listening um, audience that fit into the, the the core group or our target audience, whether they be, you know, IT generalists or networking engineers, you know, it's it's really there's a, there's a subset. Of course, you have your C-suite, but for us, the sweet spot has been traditionally in that networking IT space in the organization. So when we look at these podcasts, we look at how are you reaching this audience? Are you engaging this audience? If you were to ask this group, what are the podcasts that they listen to? Would they tell you these top five? Or they knew of it, you know, even if they're not listening regularly, are they aware of it? That helps us. 
And then also, of course, you know, how much does it cost? Right? We all know that right. some podcasts are astronomically expensive. Uh, and I can think of, you know, two of them in particular right now that I'd love to have regular, regular participation, regular shows with these podcasts, but my budget does not always allow that. Yeah. So looking at that, the audience, uh, the value, the, the personality, the person who, and I think, you know, yourself being an example of this, you have personalities that are able to bring out conversations that are able to highlight the strengths and also subtly avoid some of the weaknesses that we're just not ready to talk about yet yeah. in a way that, that makes it a value add for everybody. So, you know, now we're much more selective about finding that, that right podcast for us. We do much more of our homework and, and then make sure that it's a win-win for everybody. You know, the, yourself, mm-hmm. for example, you want to walk away with a show or a program or an episode that you're proud of that stands on its own legs that you can say, listen, this is part of what I do. It represents me. It represents this company. We want to make sure there's a win-win when people walk away from a podcast we participate in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now just to shift gears real quick, a couple of final questions here. What's a marketing trend that you think is overrated? Okay. Overrated. All right. So this is a this is kind of a pet peeve of mine and actually touches on what we were we were just discussing is and again I'm going to age myself with this reference but it's the field of dreams approach to social mm-hmm. media and digital platforms in general and you know for those of folks who have seen the field of dreams it is the, if you build it they will come and right. building these uh, podcasts building these blogs building these microsites building uh, your social media presence all good stuff if you have a plan, but just building it and hoping that it will come, hoping that by some magic, people will start streaming in these various channels. I think it's overrated to be everything to everyone. I think the way I described it one time was, you know, it's important to remember that although you may be a catch, you may be exciting, you may be interesting, just because you bought your ticket to the dance doesn't mean people want to dance with you. Right. Yeah. So keeping that in mind and picking and choosing your channels, that's 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 more important than just mm-hmm. getting yourself everywhere, trying to be everything to everyone, in my opinion. So be selective. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure where you can scope, where you can scale. I think it is definitely overrated to try to be everywhere at once, just trying to get your name out there. Yeah, for yes. sure. You know, it's funny, like the, the field of dream reference, right? And for those listeners who don't know, that's about Kevin Costner. He builds a, a baseball field in his corn field, sort That's of right. clears out the corn. And it's a whole story, but, and the whole idea is if you build it, they'll come. And, but the thing is, it, that literally is a movie about magic. Like you said, like these ghostly, these ghosts <laughs> of old baseball players show up out of the corn. Like it's, yeah. you know, it literally is about this fantastical thing, which, you know, at least most of the time in my experience doesn't actually happen especially right. not in social media. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. so point well taken. Okay, so second question, what's a marketing trend that you think is underrated? Oh, let me think. I think that underrated, okay, there's two. There's two probably that, that really stand out to me the most. I think the first one is the power of video content cannot be undersold. Right. I, I can't I can't tell you, you know, how important to us it has been to have the access to engineers, the access to thought leaders within our organization and then partner organizations that are willing to, in this format, actually very similar, to have a video conversation. The audio itself is important, mm. but having a video element too, you know, people learn different ways. You know, yeah. and, and some of them are audio, some of them are visual, some actually need to be tactile. By audio and visual, at least we're getting you know, two out of three, and that ain't bad, mm-hmm. right? Two out of three ain't bad. And I think that having that content 
plan, especially as the world has transitioned to a digital consumption model more often than not because of COVID, right? We're all at home. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not meeting each other face to face. We're not having these same meetings. We're not having these same conferences. So we need to have a way to come into your home office, your, your, to your, to your home computer and, and, and meet you and greet you and engage with you. And video content has been a way for us to do that. And when it's compelling, when it's, when it's done well, I think, and I've mentioned this a few times now in our conversation, that it becomes a tool that transitions outside of just marketing, but also into sales, into leadership, and into talent acquisition and retention. You know, there's so much use out of great uh, video content or great content in general, but video content because people are becoming much more accustomed to it in the world of, you know, TikToks and YouTubes and Instagram. Mm that video performs than all of the other formats because of the fact it is engaging. It's interesting. It catches your eye. It catches your ear. So I think this is an underrated tool that marketers, if they're not already using, should consider it. And and again, it goes back Mm -hmm. to planning, but, but I think it's a tool that they could use and, and use well if they, they plan it out. And I think the second one, and this is a pet kind of love of mine is Mm -hmm. ABM or account-based marketing. And some people are all in, they've done it. So they're probably thinking, you know, underrated, like this is the best thing ever. But right. for those folks who have not even delved into the topic, it's account-based marketing or ABM is, again, a powerful tool. And you don't have to go all the way in. I mean, you can go uh, and, and talk to organizations that are using companies like Drift, for example, which are excellent. And they have mm-hmm. a methodology around ABM that is deep and wide or or you can do it at, at a startup size where you're just, you know, you're profiling customers, you're looking at industry verticals, you engage with your sales team, your marketing team, creating messages, creating experiences. This, these are things that can be done on multiple levels of simplicity to, or, you know, sophistication. But again, that's, that's a tool that I feel is underrated in some organizations that just don't feel like they have the time, the experience, or the patience, because it does take time, as opposed to some of the other, you know, things that we had discussed earlier, where you could just get up and go running. ABM takes time, but it's underrated because, you know, it's not a quick hit. It's not a quick hit. And oftentimes we want to divert to the quick hit alternative. We need leads. We need sales. We need to hit this right. number for this quarter. ABM is a longer, you know, longer, slower burn, but potentially bigger return. And I think that when it's done right, and also all these things, podcasts, videos, everything can fit into ABM, actually. It all feeds yeah, totally. into it if you do it right. If you do it right, it's the closest thing to marketing magic I've ever seen. And mm. it's the... It's when it's done right. It's the one thing that I've seen can turn salespeople and leadership's heads faster. Like, how do we do that? Like, how Mm. did you make that happen? You know, how did this account come out of nothing, not even interested in you to, yeah, we need to do business today. Uh, Well, you know, it was a lot of legwork. It was a lot of focus, but it was account-based marketing and personalizing the message. And at the very end of the day, it comes down to that. You know, I guess I, I guess my, my last thing there is that podcasts, webinars, you know, video content. It should have a message that's just not sales. It should be yeah. a personalized, customized message. And ABM kind of brings that down to the funnel of I care about your business or I want to help your business or help you as an individual with your role in your organization. And if you get that right, if you get that message right and they understand that you want to build a relationship, just not make a sale, that that is so underrated to my in my opinion. It's so underrated. So that's Yeah, totally agree. That 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 is so true. Well, Thanks for all of that. I I love that. Thanks for a great conversation overall. I learned a lot. Had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. No, my pleasure. You know, I'm sure um, I I enjoyed it. I'm I'm sure that somebody out there might enjoy it too. Hopefully your audience does. I I hope so. I think so. (laughs) All right, Greg. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. 
You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.